The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. The following program is closed captioned for the thinking impaired. By tomorrow, I will rule the world! You think he's gone? He's not gone! That's the whole point! He's never gone! Is this some radical new therapy? You see? Well, I must have not been paying attention. I think I'd be ready by now, right? <sighs> that is incorrect. Just doing everything I can to try and stay out of the hospital and it's just not working. Going yeah. the phone now negotiating with me. It's hilarious. Wow. Why don't you come in today? Kind of busy right now. Yeah, a little busy. You got stuff to do. Turn on Facebook real quick. Right. I'll say hi. <laughs> My level's on your end of okay, right? Yeah, why? What do you need? No, no, I'm good. Okay. It's just it's hard for me to tell what the ratio is. Yeah. I, for the once in my life, I had to turn your microphone down. I know, right? Like, with enough smoking and everything, your voice is much stronger, I think, than it used to be. I wish my breathing was a lot stronger. Jesus Christ. Yeah, well, we'll get you there. Yeah. Hey, I'm noticing I'm, I'm hitting Shakira notes now. I haven't hit Shakira notes in probably like 10 years. See? There you go. Eddie Money's first album, he's got a couple of songs where he hits a really high note that I used to always be able to hit. In the last 10 years, I couldn't hit it. Now I'm hitting it. <laughs> Don't let your fans down now. Ba, 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 ba. Come oh on. my God. Come on. It's been 10 years since I've been That's able to amazing. do that. That's amazing. That's the best you've ever done. Because now I'm going to be out of breath for the next 40 years. Yeah, well, <laughs> it was worth it. It was totally worth it. Yeah, I'm just going to enjoy what little time I have left. That's right? all I'm going to say. We're going to get Melvin Taylor on the show. I keep saying yes. that, but we've got to do it. We do. Just have him come up with his, with his guitar someday and just yep. play. Yeah. That would be a great show. I bet you that would be one of our highest rated shows. Although well, last, with Mel? Last week's show was really high. Wow, it was quite a, quite a uh, hot topic, if you will. So. Yeah, that one and uh, my, my official return with Dave was both pretty high rated. Yeah. All right, let's get this show on the road, let's shall we? Go. Hi, how you guys doing? My name's Tom Duggan here at the Paying Attention Podcast. Hiya, Tom. Two guys smoke shop at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. I want to thank our sponsors right out of the gate. We've got a pretty full show for you today. Uh, we want to thank uh, McLennan Real Estate. I'm sorry, Century 21 McLennan Real Estate. I'll get these right sooner or later. <laughs> the Zany Pesci Law Office, which is actually the Zany Pesh Law Office. But I still think they say their name wrong. So I'm just going to oh. keep saying Pesci, like Joe Pesci. Okay. Uh, Marcian and Sun Construction. Ronnie Marcian is running for city council in the East End District of Methuen. We hope you give him a – I mean, he his business sponsors the show, but I'm personally endorsing him because he's a good guy and he helps us out a lot. EIS, Investigation and Gun Training, Borelli's Deli, Tomo and Shaken Seafood, Clear Path for Veterans New England, the Mercurio Law Office <sighs> – AFC Urgent Care, Pleasant Valley Landscaping Contractors, and a free shout-out to JG's Ice Cream. I feel like we forgot somebody. Oh, and Part 28, Part 28 right up here in Salem, New Hampshire. Feels like we left somebody out, but maybe we didn't. All right, so we got a bunch of things to get to today. I've got a guest in the studio, but there's a couple things I want to hit first. Um, 
tonight at the at Salvatore's in Lawrence. Just gonna slow myself down yeah, and just make it work, minute. right? <laughs> tonight at Salvatore's in Lawrence, the Psychological Center is holding their annual gala, their Overcoming Obstacles Gala, and uh, they're honoring seven, I believe, um, people in the community. I am honored to be one of them. But I'm even more honored, and I haven't really talked about this, but I just want to touch it on a second. Um, I'm really honored to be in the company that I'm in. Like, it's always, I don't get many awards, right? The Valley Patriots sometimes gets lots of awards for, like, some of the things other people write. Right. But I personally almost never get awards for stuff. It's been a long time since I've gotten one, which is one of the reasons why we give out awards at my bash, because I know I'm not, I'm not getting a lot of awards. And a lot of people that I think should get awards never do, so that's why we do it. Right. But the Psychological Center is uh, going to be honoring me tonight with an Overcoming Obstacles Award. And, and when I looked to see who was also getting an award that night, it felt like even more of an honor. Because on the, on the program tonight, and you should come. It's $100 at Salvatore's. Please come. The money goes to the Daybreak Homeless Shelter and Pegasus House and Women's View. Um, all great causes. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but also getting an award tonight is somebody that I find to be a hero. And he's a guy that's gotten two awards at the Valley Patriot Bash on two separate years. And that's Hero Lawrence Firefighter Manny Gonzalez, Juan Manny Gonzalez. Okay. So to be lumped into the same category as Manny, like alone is like, I don't, first of all, I don't belong in this category. Like I was honored enough when I was told that I was getting this award. But then when I was told that Manny is also getting the award, I was like, all right, so maybe you should just cut me and everyone else out and just give it to Manny. Because this is a guy who's not just a hero firefighter. But he set up a nonprofit in his own time because as a firefighter, they would go to a fire and say like a family of six was displaced. And the Red Cross, who sucks, by the way, will put someone in a hotel room for three days and then abandon you and throw you out. Then you're on your own. Once the publicity dies down, they want no part of you. So Manny set up a nonprofit with my buddy Wayne Hayes called Heal Lawrence. And it's donations from a bunch of firefighters and their families and a bunch of community activists and they put up like a wedding registry online with the exact items that families that have been displaced from a fire need. So maybe they saved their couch, but they didn't save their clothing. You know, maybe they lost their TV, but they were able to save the couch. So Manny finds out exactly what they need, helps get them housing, gives them food cards to local restaurants so that they can eat. And then they put up a registry of the things that these people actually need. So the people who have those items can go and look and go, oh, well, I've got an extra couch in my basement or, um, you know, I can, I can donate maybe a $100 gift card to Kohl's to help this person get new clothing. And so, I mean, just all on his own, he's done this with a bunch of um, – I mean, when I say on his own, I mean not through the city. You know, he and a bunch of people have gotten together and, and put together this Heal Lawrence organization, and it has helped so many families. I've had so many people over the years tell me that they've benefited from this program. So um, – just being in the same category with Manny makes me feel like I don't even really deserve this award anymore. Um, but so when I get up, if I'm going to get to speak tonight, I'm going to thank Manny first because just being, again, just being there with him. Also, my friend Wendy Luzon is going to get this award tonight. And she's somebody who's been a community activist for 30 something years in Lawrence. And politically, we've always been on opposite ends of stuff. Like she's all for like driver's licenses for illegal aliens and all that stuff. So we've always been politically kind of opposite. We've always been like holding signs on the opposite sides of the streets yelling at each other. But we've always been friends. Right. And unlike a lot of people today who can't be friends with those who have different political views than they do, Wendy and I have stayed really good friends over the years. And I think that's a testament to her moral character. 
So again, to be in the same category with Wendy Luzon is quite an honor. All right, you got two videos. I'm going to get to our guest, uh, uh, Julio Mejia, who's here, and he's pretty dynamic. I thought maybe this would be a good hit for the day. Uh, he's running for the Greater Lawrence Tech School Committee, as is my buddy Brad Jones and Methuen. Brad is running, by the way, on a writing campaign, so please write in Brad Jones and Methuen for Greater Lawrence Tech. So the first one we have, which is the first one? Is it the, is it the legislature or is it the... Uh, Ramos. Ramos. Okay, yeah. so yesterday I'm watching... The, the Massachusetts legislature, clearly the craziest and dumbest people on the face of the earth, debating a new gun bill. This gun bill is going to stop off-duty police officers from being able to carry their guns um, into businesses. And um, it's also going to stop uh, any landlord that wants to put up a sign that says gun-free building. Then if you live in that building, you can't have any guns in that building. You can't bring a gun home. If you're a concealed carry... And let's say you live on Park Street in Lawrence, where there are home invasions like every day. And the landlord wants to save money on his insurance by putting up a sign that says this is a gun-free building. Now, the Trinitarios and the Latin Kings know what homes that they can invade, and these people can't defend themselves. This is what our legislature wants. They want to disarm you. And at the same time, they're going online every day saying, no one's trying to take your guns. That's a conspiracy theory. I want you to listen to, this is my state rep. We all, we, she came here and did a debate when she ran in, and I thought she was a left-wing lunatic. I didn't think she was this much of a left-wing lunatic. And given what I know about her personal life, I'm just going to say this much. She is a puppet for the deep state. And just take that to the bank as somebody who I wish I could say more, but I can't. Uh, but just trust me when I tell you she's a, she's, a, she's a puppet for the Fed. She's a puppet for the deep state. And when you listen to this dribble... It's going to confirm what I just told you. Go ahead. My pronouns are, in fact, she, her. Oh, goody. For future reference. Oh, we're so glad you showed that, shared that with I us. I rise in support of House Bill 4135, an act modernizing firearms. Before I begin my prepared remarks, I did just want to clarify a statement made from the gentleman from Barnstable. He spoke about police officers not being allowed into private and commercial buildings with their firearms. And in fact, that provision was eliminated from this version. So the police officers can, off-duty police officers can, just like anyone else, in a commercial building, unless there is a specific signage preventing it, bring their firearms into those buildings. Okay, you can cut it right there. So look at what she just did. This is a typical political tactic. They changed the wording a little bit But what the guy before her said was off-duty police officers are going to be restricted from going into private buildings and commercial buildings uh, with with their firearms. She said, no, 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 that's not true. We changed the language. Now they can't, they can go in if they want, unless there's a sign outside that says they can't. Now I go, I used to go to AFC or AFC, AMC, I almost said AFC Urgicate because they're a sponsor. I, I used to go to AMC movie theaters. And there's a sign outside that says no guns allowed. Gun-free zone. Which, by the way, is kind of crazy given how many theater shootings there have been. But whatever. I bring my gun anyway. Because they have no legal right to tell me I can't have a gun there. And how are they going to know that I have a gun? And by the way, since nobody else there has a gun, who's going to take my gun away? Just try it. Just try taking my gun away. So I go into AMC movie theater all the time, or I used to. And I would bring my gun anyway. But under this legislation, that would be a felony. Under this legislation, my landlord could tell me 
this is a gun-free building. Put a sign out front so the criminals know where to rob. And I can't have a gun to protect myself? Now, listen, Adrian Ramos, my state representative from North Andover, lives in a million-dollar home in the outcountry of North Andover. So if someone breaks into her house, it's, it, it, I've seen pictures of the inside. It, there's probably like 20 rooms in that house that I can count. And I'm, I'm guesstimating, right? Someone breaks into her house, she's got 20 other rooms she can run to to escape. But if you live in a one-bedroom on Park Street in Lawrence, on Arlington Street in Lawrence, on Broadway in Lawrence, and there's a sign outside that says gun-free building, you don't think the Trinitarios and the Latin Kings aren't going to kick that door in and steal everything that's there and maybe rape the women inside and maybe kill the people inside because they're witnesses? And you're okay with that? Here's another thing I want to, because this is just so crazy that my state representative is for this crap. There's also a provision in here that if someone gets a harassment order against you, now right now if someone gets a restraining order against you, they can take your guns, which also seems somewhat unconstitutional, but whatever. But a restraining order has to be somebody who's like, you're in a relationship, a family member, an ex-girlfriend, someone that feels threatened by your behavior, and then the gun, then the judge can consider taking your gun. Actually, they take it first, then when you appeal it, you can at least go before a judge. I think I'm the only guy in Massachusetts that's beat three restraining orders. I've had three TROs filed against me, and I've had judges rule in my favor three times. But I don't know any other guy that's had that happen to them. But let me flip the equation for one second. If you get a harassment order under this new bill, if someone who doesn't even know you says, I feel harassed, they can take your guns. They can file a harassment order, a coworker, uh, maybe your new, maybe your ex-girlfriend's new boyfriend feels harassed by you or claims he feels harassed by you and goes and files a harassment order. Now you can lose your guns. If you're a law-abiding gun owner, and so let me flip this equation for you. Let's say there's a woman who's a concealed carry who has been stalked multiple times by some guy. So she went out and she got herself a gun permit, taught herself to shoot, goes to the gun range. She's a responsible gun owner. The guy that's been stalking her might feel harassed. And he might file a restraining order, I'm sorry, a harassment order so that the cops can go disarm her. And then if he wants to stalk her, break into her home, and rape her, and kill her, as has happened numerous times, hundreds of times, thousands of times in Massachusetts, he can do that. Because she's now no longer able to defend herself. This is a bill to confiscate guns. That's what it is. They can't legally just go and confiscate them, so they're making so many rules that would allow private citizens to confiscate your guns. And again, Adrian Ramos, I, 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 don't, I, don't, I do understand because she's an overeducated elitist. She lives in a million-dollar home. She's not putting up with the crime that people in Lawrence, and Julio will attest to this later on, the crime that people in Lawrence deal with on a daily basis. She's not dealing with drug gangs right next door. She's not dealing with gun runners right next door and right across the street. And the criminals are not going to uh, abide by this law, I promise you. This only targets legal gun owners. And she told this story about some client she had that was killed by her ex-boyfriend, and he was a legal gun owner. 
the vast majority of gun violence in this state and in this country are illegal gun owners. The vast majority. It's well up over 90%. But they don't talk about that because what they really want is to take your guns away. And since they can't come out and just take them, they're going to make so many laws and so many restrictions that if you violate any one of these millions of provisions, that then they can take your guns. And it's just, it's a veiled way of taking your guns away. So you know what I'm doing? I'm looking for property in New Hampshire. Because I'll tell you what, I've had legitimate threats against my wife. I had to go out and I had to get a gun. And for my whole life, I never had a gun permit until about eight years ago when I went online and a drug gang in Lawrence posted what time I go to the post office, my plate number, my parents' address, my daughter's address in Manchester, New Hampshire, and put it out there for all their gang members. And I got a phone call from a local police chief who said, if you don't have your gun permit, then damn it, go down and get one now. All right? So if a gang member wants to kill me now under this new provision, all they have to do is file a harassment order so that the cops will take my guns, and I'm defenseless. Or drive by my building because my landlord put up a sign that says gun-free building, and I'm dead. So any state representative that voted for this, good luck getting my, my, my endorsement in the next election. Because I warned all of you. And I am going over the votes today. All right, I got one more thing to get to before we get to Julio. Um, this was interesting. I was kind of sad that Channel 25 picked up on this before the show. I had this last week. It was so great. Um, this is a Wilmington State... Uh, this is a Wilmington... Board of Selectmen member, and she's yelling at a member of the public. Now, we all have this guy. No matter what town you live in, you've got this guy. In North Andover, it was Ted Tripp for like 20 years. In Lawrence, it's Mr. Mali. And for a while in Lawrence, it was, it was uh, Rich Russell. Now he's a city council, but when he was a member of the public. We've all got, in every community, you've got that one guy who gets up at every meeting and gives everybody a hard time. But regardless of whether or not this guy is out of control, at the, the member of the public, is out of control or not, if you are an elected official, your job is to service the public. And if you are an elected official, you've got to know going in that there are going to be people who will publicly attack you simply because you're an elected official. And you have to continue to compose yourself and act like a goddamn professional. That did not happen in Wilmington last week. Do we have that? I'm sorry. And I think her name is Selectman Maselli. I think it's Maselli. And other serious who's problems. Who's down? Well, a firefighter who's probably the best Don't firefighter you in town. your voice at me, pal. Can you pal. Me? I'll throw your... I'm not looking to get thrown out. I'm looking to share some information. Don't and you keep raise interrupting your voice. Me. Can you hear me? Oh, I can hear you clearly. Well, let me then, tell you, pal. Well, then let me tell pal. you something. We have a firefighter that I was made aware of that I'm going to be finding out his name that has consequences as a result of the vaccine. And so I just had a simple question for the town manager. Mr. Hull, is it true that you told people or you established a policy that they had to get the vaccine or they would get fired? We're Crickets. Gonna, this is public Crickets. You make, you make I'm just asking a simple question. The we'll manager, the manager is the head of he the will town. Take it under advisement. What is the? Uh, are you willing to come back and share with the town if the policy from the manager's office was to compel people 
to get the vaccine or they get fired. We'll take it under advisement. Mr. Chair, I'm going to excuse myself because I don't have time to waste here listening to this. I did have a question for you, Mrs. Maselli. I'm not going to answer anything for you. I just had a question because one of the questions that I had pertained to analog. It's a, that's under, my personal oh, life. I, I understand answer. you work for Analog, no, and that, that, our fire department responds to gas it. leaks and leaks that's in it. Analog. And I was told that Thank they have very leaks much. This is great. And they don't get reported Thank to you the very fire much. department. You have a nice I'm just night. simply it's asking over. you if our it's fire department over. is at risk going to Analog because they have leaks. You I don't want to share with them? I am an Analog employee. I am here as a select person. And that's if it. If you have a question for Analog, you can call. I'm asking you since you're a select I, I am not an Analog employee sitting behind this desk. I am a can, select person. Would you please get us the answer to that I question? I will not. Oh. I am not. It's a conflict of interest. She's right about that. Okay. Really? That, it yes, is a it conflict is. of interest. I don't You answer represent on, the town. I don't represent Analog to the town. You represent the firefighters? You represent the public represent safety personnel? the job that pays my family's food. Thank you. Have a nice night. Okay. Yeah. Thank you for uh, your attention to this matter. Nothing yep. no one in town likes you. Uh, go you go I, eat some I? ice cream. Yeah. Why don't you go fuck yourself? <laughs> no. Listen. Listen. Can we get the police here so this guy doesn't attack any of us? If he's going to be here, I am not. I'm done with this shit and him. Wow. Does that not remind you of every ex-girlfriend you've ever had? Right? Does that not remind you of every ex-wife you've ever had? Wow. She just lost her cool. And, you know, I, I saw all the comments on Fox 25 when they ran this on the news the other day. And almost all the comments were attacking the guy. But you know what? It doesn't matter what the guy said. He's a member of the public. She's supposed to serve the public. It's like someone that goes over to a cop and tells him, fuck you. The cop doesn't have any recourse. He's a servant of the public. And so is she. And if I don't know what his comment about ice cream, that obviously there's some other issue that was going on that I had to do with ice cream because that just totally triggered her. And again, I feel for her because she's right. It's a conflict of interest for her to mix her <coughs> private business, her job on the side with her selectman's duties and try to mediate any kind of situation between the town and her, her, her bosses. She's right about that. But for the love of God, you're an elected official. And just storm out like that. You had to know what, when you ran for this job, you had to have at least watched a board of selectmen meeting. You had to have at least seen this guy get up at every single, and I've seen my share of Wilmington meetings. This guy gets up at almost every meeting. All right. And because I, I cover so many areas and I have a lot of friends in Wilmington that are always telling me the shenanigans going on up there. And I got to tell you, I, this guy's up at every meeting, and I get the frustration. But you are an elected official. You heard the you heard the select uh, selectman president calling him pal and getting out of you know he's getting getting close to the line, getting close. I'm gonna, he's going to say I'm going to throw your ass out, but he caught himself because at least that guy's professional. At least that guy was composed. And was he disrespectful to a member of the public? Yeah, but he kept it in check. She did not. And so my suggestion is, I don't care how good of a selectman she is. She needs to not run for re-election. And if she does, she needs to be defeated. Because you've got to keep your composure when you're dealing. How is she going to handle it if she runs for Senate and she wins? And she gets people out there that are, you know, throwing water balloons at her and some of the stuff that our congressmen and our senators deal with. She'd, she'd fucking lose her mind. 
So, all right, those are the two that I got. Sitting in the studio today, we've got my good buddy, and I know we've eaten a lot of time, but that's okay, because uh, my good buddy, Julio Mejia. Julio, you, are, you work in the mayor's office, but you're also running for Greater Lawrence Tech School Committee. Yep. What do you do exactly for the mayor? What is it that you, what is your, so, what is your job exactly? So, so my title right now is- uh, Yeah, we spe- don't care about titles. Special assistant, so I do a lot of- um, event planning. I help a lot with the mayor's communications, the social media management. I also work closely with the mayor's senior advisor. We work a lot on the external affairs part. Uh, Is that Octavian? Yep. Okay. Working with Octavian. He's a good guy. Yep. Very good guy. Yeah. Um, we have a good team of people um, that I work with. Uh, little, uh, also uh, constituent services. Uh, I work a lot with the public uh, in making sure that we're connecting folks with um, resources that are available for the community uh, and and working to make sure that uh, our local government works for uh, is accessible and and we're holding ourselves accountable and uh, transparency has been uh, the mayor's focus I can tell you what my frustration with the mayor is on this and you know I support him I, I endorsed him in the last election I worked on the campaign my frustration is the phone calls that I get from people who don't speak Spanish who live in Lawrence and voted for him because I asked them to vote for him, calling me saying, you know, I'm not voting for this guy again. Every time I go on Facebook, he's doing a video in Spanish. And then I wait for the English translation and it never comes. And it's almost like he's forgotten us. So as a social media person, maybe you can bring that back to him because I've tried in a nice way to convey that to people in his office. Nobody seems to be listening. I will bring that to And I want him to get those votes. Like, I think he's doing a good job, but I, 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 I see some of the failings that are going on up there and they're very easy to fix. But when you make the suggestion, everybody smiles and goes, yeah. And then you walk out the door and they do what they want. So anyways, that's my frustration. So you're the special, you're a special assistant to the mayor um, and you're running for greater Lawrence tech school committee. Is that a conflict at all? No. So <laughs> before... Because that's uh, the first question people are asking me. Yeah. So um, I have gotten that question too. So um, before I announced I was running, uh, I did look into the conflict of interest law. Uh, I reached out to the city clerk, uh, the secretary of state's office, the AG's office. I reached out everywhere possible uh, to make sure that my work at the mayor's office is not a conflict of interest uh, with Greater Lawrence Tech. Now, there is no conflict of interest. Good. Um, now, as a public employee, I am prohibited from conducting campaign activities during working hours and using public material to benefit my campaign. Right. Uh, so all of my campaign work, I've been doing it around off the clock um, and on the weekends uh, and when I'm not uh, in an, of- an official capacity uh, right. as a, an employee for the mayor's office. So one of my concerns about the Greater Lawrence Tech School Committee, I had a conversation with Brad Jones' campaign yesterday about this. Um, I'm getting a shit ton of complaints about the new woke attitude of the new uh, principal is a new principal, a new superintendent. I, I can't remember which one, but there's a new principal, a new superintendent over there, and it, apparently standards are right out the window. Like they're teaching all kinds of uh, um, uh, diversity, equity, inclusion stuff. They're removing a lot of the standards, um, and so as a as somebody who's running for the Greater Lawrence Tech School Committee, you probably you've got a good shot, right? You're running against who? 
So I there's four candidates. There's three seats in Lawrence. Okay. So we have Soyla Disla, myself, uh, Leo Lamonte. Love Leo. You got to vote for Leo if you live in Lawrence. You're and vote we for have Leo. Edinson Mercedes. Okay. As well. I don't know the rest of them, but I want them to vote for Leo. And depending on your answers today, I'm going to hopefully ask them to vote for you. <laughs> so uh, I want someone that's going to go in there and stop the woke bullshit. That's what I want. So at Greater Lawrence Tech, uh, we we have had the same principle since 2021. Um, and the current superintendent is John Lavoie, mm-hmm. uh, who's been there for the past 13 years now. Uh, now, uh, in response to well, 2021 your, is still pretty new. Yeah, yeah, 2021 is pretty new. Um, and so, um, as you can see with schools, public schools and tech schools across the country, um, there's been a lot of adjustment to what is being taught in the classroom. Um, and certain book bans that have occurred in certain states, Florida, Texas, um, a lot of the uh, transgender notification um, policy stuff that's being implemented in schools across the country now. My response to the whole DEI um, platform, what I call, is I, I don't like talking a lot about diversity, equity, and inclusion because I see that as, as they give you a paper, for example, and when they ask you, what's your nationality? What is your race? I just see that as a bunch of check boxes, right. a bunch of holes to fill. Right. And, and schools right now, what they've been pushing across the country, and including schools in Massachusetts, is implementing um, diversity, uh, equity, and inclusion programs to create opportunity and expand um, their, their hiring uh, their access to to employment to those that are Hispanic and and um, and I just personally I don't I don't support the the whole um, idea of of pushing these programs to hire teachers of different backgrounds. Why don't we just do it? Why don't we just hire these teachers? Right. If they're Hispanic, they're Hispanic. If they're white teachers, then they're white. Right. So. And in the way, my, my real concern is teaching in the classroom okay. that white people are oppressors by virtue of being white, and non-white people are the suppressed by white people by virtue of not being white. Instead of teaching standards, that they're removing some of the standards because some kids can't meet those standards, and if they happen to be black or Latino or minority, we're infantilizing them by saying, well, that's okay, you're not capable of doing this because you're black or Latino, so we're going to pass you anyway. And to me, that's the, that's the biggest racism there is, to assume that someone who's got a darker color skin than a white person can't do it. So we have to lower our standards for them. But that's exactly what's going on at the Vogue right now. Like, our parents call me on a regular basis now. Yeah. So in terms of the teaching, um, I, I believe that it's important that we teach, um, you know, about our country's history, about um, what's, you know, what's at stake, um, English, math, STEM, and and. and the Vogue, thankfully, is it's a tech school, so it's focused a lot on academics and also the work study portion, which is the tech. I had a lot of uh, career education programs uh, that are available to students, and so when it comes to oh, let's let's pass um, this student because they're Hispanic, I believe that we should have that equal access to to the curriculum. To, to everyone, regardless of their background, mm-hmm. and, and to make sure that 
every single one of these students are actually passing and meeting the standards because right. we have what's called the MCAS for that same reason. It's, it's the Massachusetts Comprehensive Assessment System, which is a standardized test, which assesses students on their performance now in the, the classroom. Union, the unions hate standardized tests because they hate have anything that they do measured, right? Because then they're going to be judged based on what they're not doing. What do you think about MCAS? Now, I think that we, we should restructure the standardized testing system it, it is an outdated system. Now, there's nothing wrong with continuing to, to enhance these, these systems. Now, I do not um, agree with abolishing standardized testing. Um, I believe that standardized testing, um, at least in the meantime, um, you know, has been helpful for data, which is what schools <laughs> need. School districts need data. And, right. and, and without the standardized testing, we're just going to be passing students without knowing what they actually learned, what the outcome right. was. And, and um, well, that's what we I believe there's different ways um, as well, uh, including MCAS in assessing uh, teachers' performances in the classroom and what is being taught and how students are, are leaving the classroom to go into uh, higher ed. Uh, they're leaving elementary school into middle school and, and then to high school. So right. we want to make sure that students are ready to be successful so that we could have a higher graduation rate and students have a bridge to college. How do we hold these administrators and, and educators accountable for what students are or are not learning? How does the school itself, as a school board member, uh, what, what, what kind of policies, because you're only in charge of policy, right? You're not in charge of hiring and firing, but you're in charge of policy. So what policies can you implement that will make sure that the people who are in charge of educating our kids are actually educating our kids because they all know about abortion. They all know about transgender bathrooms. They all know about global warming. But ask them to do math in their head and half the kids can't do it. You know what I'm saying? They're not getting the basics, but they're getting all the, all the political bullshit. How do you combat that? How do you, how do you tackle that so these kids are actually getting an education? Yeah. So the students at Greater Lawrence Tech um, – because they have that, um, that platform of being a tech school, uh, they are uh, mostly uh, working in their career um, education program, uh, whether that's engineering, uh, environmental science, the STEM program, dental assisting. There's so many programs that the Vogue offers. And so I believe as a school board member, um, one of my first actions um, on the school committee is to conduct, to, to, get reports on teacher evaluations because teacher evaluations are conducted by uh, the principal and dean of the uh, one of the dean of academics at uh, the school. And so I want to make sure that the way that the teachers are teaching these students are the correct way and making sure that we are getting those results from the students. And that's where I will be going into and asking for student evaluations right. is, of course, um, g generic student evaluations, not specific students, but um, how are students doing overall in the different right. subjects and how can we as a school do better? Um, whereas we, we can't make changes to the Common Core um, curriculum. We can't make changes to these federal regulations and these state regulations that are put in place by the Department well, well, of you, Well, you can by not accepting the grants that mandate those things. One of the things I found as a former member of the Lawrence School Committee is they would give us a grant and everybody would talk about what the grant was going to do and how wonderful it was at the meeting when it was being voted on, but nobody ever talked about the strings that were attached and, and all this DEI stuff that wasn't called DEI back then that was attached to it. And when you say it's federal stuff, there's nothing we can do about it. There is something you can do about it, 
by looking at these grants as they're coming in, seeing what's attached to them, seeing, because the government doesn't just give you money for the sake of giving you money. They give you money so that you'll do other stuff they want you to do. And not accepting those specific grants is a good way to start. Anyways, no. I'm not running, but. Yeah, not, but, <laughs> you know, as a school committee member, I will be making sure that um, I am receiving these reports on teacher evaluations, on how, how we're doing academically, how we're doing with our career edit programs, and, and these grant mon- the grant money that's coming in from um, our local, go- local governments. We get funding, or it's called uh, GOTS assessments from each city. Uh, I know Lawrence gives. Uh, the school about $400,000 out of their budget mm-hmm. incre- increases um, over time. And, uh, you know, I want to see what what grants we are getting more specifically from the federal government and what these grants are going to be benefiting and what are the strings attached. Right. So that's that, what I want. I want someone that's going to look behind the curtain. I, I do. I, so that's my priorities. I want to look behind the scenes. What is really going on? Right. What is really going on with all this money that's coming in, all this Chapter 70 education money? Where are those millions of dollars going? Right. Where is it going in the classroom? Right. What are we teaching? What are the results we're getting? Right. That is my focus. I think I found another candidate for, for Greater Lawrence Tech School Committee. I'm definitely supporting Leo LaMontagne. He's been there for a long time. Um, but I, but sometimes when you've been there a really long time, you need fresh blood to come in, right, and reinvigorate you. And so I think having the both of you there would be tremendous for the people of Lawrence. Would be tremendous because I think the Vogue. I went to the Vogue my first two years because we still called we called it the Vogue back then. Now it's the Tech. Um, and we've had some of the people from the Greater Lawrence Tech here. I think Stephanie Infante, when she worked yeah. there, came on one day, talked about some of their adult programs. I think there's tremendous value in a tech school, especially in an area like Lawrence. I just see them. I just see them going off the road with some of this yep. DEI crap. And a, so a lot of that stuff too is is uh, receivership right. from Lawrence Public Schools. That that has also impacted a lot of the the results that the schools are getting, and 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 students aren't going to college. Students are going straight to work, and it might not even be only because of uh, where schools are standing right now. It could also be experiences at home. Right. Um, commitments they have, maybe they don't have their parents and they live with grandma and they need to work. And so the Greater Lawrence Tech offers that opportunity for students to have access to to a career pathway right after high school. One of the best measures of whether a school is doing a good job is looking at the number of kids that had gone on to college who made it through the first year. Because we know in Lawrence, the, the, the number of kids that go to college is very small. But a good like 60% of the, or 70% of the kids that go on to college don't make it in the first year when they go on to a four-year college, which means Lawrence isn't doing their job. So when you get there, you should look at that number. We've got about a minute and a half left. Why don't you tell people how they can – how they can? Oh, can you ask for solic- – can you solicit donations? So as a, a public employee, I cannot solicit donations. All right. So why don't you give I have your my contact treasure. information, yep. and if somebody wants to donate to your campaign – I'll say it since you can't, you can, you can contact yep. him yep. at the following place. So if you want to learn more about my campaign, you go to electjuliomejia.com. Now, if you do want to contribute, you would have to reach out to my treasurer, okay. uh, which is my mom. Um, <laughs> you could give Always her- Always let mom handle the money. Yep. Uh, she's an accountant too, so she's, okay. <laughs> she's good at that. So um, you could uh, do it online as well, uh, electjulio.com slash action. And you will find different uh, options there to contribute, whether that is um, helping me in the last few weeks till election day or contributing financially. All right, great. Well, Julio over here, thanks for being here. If you win, 
will you commit to coming back and letting us know how all this worked out? Like, once you're on there, we want you to come back and let us know, like, what grants did you not accept because of the strings attached? And what were those strings? Because, again, a lot of people who vote, most people who vote would love to see the curtains pulled back on some of this stuff and just see what's really going on. Yep. I'd love to come back. All right. Keep, awesome. keep, keep all of you informed. Awesome. Julio here. Thanks for being here. Thank Look you. at that. We actually finished on time today, Chrissy. <laughs> Can you believe that? Hey, I'm not and I didn't run out of breath, which is really good. All right, let's thank our sponsors. Let's All roll right. up Mel. Let's finish on time today. Uh, I do want to encourage you, if you're voting in Lawrence, to vote for Leo Lamontagne. Uh, I really like him a lot. I've known him for a really, really long time. He used to be my mechanic for a long time, and then he left. I, I want to say he was on the vote when I was at the vote, but I don't think he's been there that long. 30, 32 or so years. Okay, so I know he ran... I ran in 96, the year that I ran, and I won for Lawrence School Committee, and I think he ran that year as well. So he goes back quite a ways. Well, I also want to encourage you to vote for Julio Mejia, who's not your typical left-wing wokester. And if you live in Methuen and you're thinking about the Greater Lawrence Tech School Committee, there's a writing candidate, Brad Jones, who I served with on the Methuen Exchange Club when he was president. Actually, his daughter was president, Jen, who I love to death. Let's thank our sponsors real quick. AFC Urgent Care, Stacks and Power 28, Pleasant Valley Landscaping, Mercurial Law Office, Clear Path, Tomo and Shaken Seafood, Borelli's EIS, Marsan and Sun Construction, Zanny Pesci Law Office, and McClendon Real Estate Century 21. Sounds like Melvin Taylor says we got to go home, so go home already. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.